The following content is a live panel discussion taken from the second World Tennis Conference in association with the Global Professional Tennis Coaches Association and the Seagal Institute, whose founder, Fernando Seagal, moderated the discussion. If you missed any of the event, you can still sign up to watch exclusive presentations by the likes of Boris Becker, Janko Tipsarevich, Ivan Lubcic, Gilles Savara, Brad Gilbert, Tony Nadal, and many, many more. Simply go to worldtennisconference.com to subscribe. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure for us in the second edition of the World Tennis Conference by GPTCA and SI with the support of the ATP to have the great coaches on the tour with us in the second live panel of the day. This is the first day of the conference and it's a new uh, project that we are doing, sharing with the top coaches, which are with, with us right now. With us in this panel is Nico Pereira and Claudio Pistolesi, and we will have also Leah and Smith. Hi, Nico. Hi, Claudio. Hello, Hello. Hi, Fernando. Hello, everybody. Thank you to be with us on the live panel, which is to share information with all the coaches uh, alive right now in the conference. Let me introduce Nico to, to do the, the first words about to live on the circuit. He was a number one uh, player in the junior. He won uh, three Grand Slam tournaments. He uh, won also like an ATP player, two single titles and three double titles. Is a commentator and also is a member of the ATP Council. It's a, also Nico is an international tennis leader, always promoting the growth of our sport. Thank you to be at the second edition, Nico. And let's talk about what it means to be at the circuit. Well, thank you, Fernando, and congratulations for, for this uh, initiative that started last year. It's, it's simply great. Uh, I'm in the ATP alumni committee, and uh, we greatly appreciate the way you have uh, welcomed us, and we think it's uh, very important for the growth of the game. So just to give you a little background, Claudio and I started uh, at a similar time in the mid-'80s. He was a, a, a top junior at the time. I looked up to him, so I learned a lot through him uh, through the years and uh, started playing professional at 15, 16, the same, same tournaments. And uh, the world of tennis has, has certainly changed a lot. And, and this medium, this that we're doing right here, is, is one of the main reasons. I, I believe information, it's wealth. And the more you can uh, get to know uh, about your surroundings, about the, your passion and about your opponents uh, as well, it's, it's very important. So I think that's a big advantage that tennis players nowadays have. Back in the day when, when we started in, in the mid-80s, early 90s. We, we didn't have the means of, of communication. We didn't have the means of analytics, of information. So I think that's, that's a big change and a big tool that players and coaches we have at, at our disposal now, nowadays. So uh, that is something that you should specialize that it's on. It, it's something that, that uh, to me, has been the biggest change. Now, to go back to the skins and bones of the tour, the men and the women, ATP and, and WTA, it has changed a lot. The number of players, the, the, the worldwide audience that, that uh, we have has increased tremendously, as has competition from other sports. So that is something that we have. Tennis is a worldwide sport, and uh, that's a big advantage and a big difference that we have with other leagues, especially here in the U.S. with the NBA, the American football uh, the hockey, the baseball, we are worldwide. And that is something that I don't think we take enough 
advantage of. And that is something that is fascinating to look at these guys coming from different places, coming from all corners of the world. And they all have very interesting stories. And I think this conference, this type of, of events, this type of diffusion that everybody can watch it live or they can watch it uh, 30 days after and it, it is recorded, it, it is here, it is history in the making. It's very important. I think, I think it is important to talk about all the players, man, woman, and not only those ones on top. I feel that when tennis, when ATP and WTA went apart from the ITF at the, in the late 80s, starting in the, in the early 90s, we focused a lot on the top players. We sold a lot those top tens. We sold the uh, Stefan Edbergs, the Boris Beckers, the, the Yvonne Lendl's, uh, the John McEnroe's. And we didn't focus enough on, on the little guy. Uh, we know a lot about you know, the, the top guys and, and the top girls on tour, but we do not know enough about the juniors coming up. We don't know about enough about the, the, the college players that are coming out and are, are having great success. And we don't know enough about the challenger players. I think that with more diffusion and with more interest in those players, that's one of the main things I try personally to promote being from Latin America, more money would funnel down to those guys and they will have more job opportunities and will have more money to pay for their training and pay for their travels, which is something that is, it's a very important point that we should touch on. This being said, the average of the top 100 players, men and women, has increased dramatically in the last 10, 15 years because they're better physically. They are able to pay for the physios to travel with them, and that's a big advantage. So you see careers going well into their 30s, and we even see some 40-year-olds uh, still going at it. And uh, that is something very important, something that we have to take into account. When, when we look at a career and the start, we also see with the Karatsevs of this world, and, and we, can, we can name a couple others that have started having success uh, near their 30s. You know, Karatsev at 27, guys at 28 started playing well after struggling six, seven years on tour. So that is something that it's also very important and something that has changed a lot because a 10-year career, uh, and I'm talking the guys getting into the main draw of, of the majors can start in the late twenties uh, and why not even in the early thirties. So that is, that is something that has changed dramatically and it's, and it's fascinating about our tour. Now, what we do in the, in the alumni committee is, is, is we try to, to focus on, on that change. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, but in that change, after you're playing, you have to start preparing during your career. Now with all these tools, the computers, the phones, the information is something that you should encourage your players from a young age to keep learning about other things, to be a well-rounded individual, no matter what. And I think that is something that we encourage in the, in the alumni committee. And we also try to help with tutoring for that transition into the, the real world, as, as we like to call it. We try to make the best out of guys that have stopped playing 20, 30 years ago. We tried to make them resonate with their local uh, community. If there is a tournament that they won back in the day, we try to get them back to that tournament. That's what we're aiming at. And, and ATP and, and, and the whole the new administration is trying to help us. We have a new team in place. Um, and Andrea and Massimo, you'll hear from Massimo at the end uh, of, of uh, this week here in the, in the World uh, Tennis Conference. They are, you know, going 
uh, out of their way, considering all the hurdles they have had to go through in the last couple of seasons with the COVID. Now we're starting to to see an outreach from them to, in order to give more importance and give us a bigger voice in, in the uh, alumni committee. And that is something that coincidentally, Claudio are, and I are in uh, together. So with that, you know, I, 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 uh, I want to repeat, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity. I hope uh, you take advantage of, of, of this talk and, and uh, we're here to, uh, to open uh, up our minds and, and to tell you about all, all those experiences of the last 35, 40 years that uh, we've had in this uh, wonderful world of tennis. Absolutely, Nico. Let me introduce Claudio to know then the first thoughts about to live in the tour and like a coach and like a player. Claudio was a, another former top 100 player. He has been elected four terms in the ATP Player Council and also he is member of the ATP Coaches Committee. It's more than 12 years involved in different areas of the ATP. He was coaching players like Suzuki, Sanguinetti, Ver, Bolelli, uh, Sutherland, Handuchova, many, many others. And also he's director of the GTCC uh, in Florida program, which is a very good academy and you can be there. And the last one, which I have to mention, because this is a GPTCA event, uh, he was one of the founders of the GPTCA organization, which is the organization which is uh, certifying coaches for the ATP. Thank you, Claudio, to be again in the second edition of the Wharton's Conference. Uh, it's a great pleasure, and I really join, uh, I would say my brother, uh, Nico, because uh, when, when he congratulates you for this uh, second World, World Tennis Conference, is really a lot of meaning there. There's a lot of tennis culture, you know, you, you look at the history of tennis, like we said many times, as something that you can use currently not only look at just to know but to have the foundation for what is happening now and be better prepared for for the future so i spoke about brotherhood with nico because yes we somebody joined the the, the era of uh, 80s and 90s in tennis i think nico agree with me that he makes you brothers for forever you know by we're saying tennis blood you know so this is also we can try to bring this passion and and uh, something special to, to, the, to the young, you know, because that's the way, the only way we believe it's uh, possible to drive through this uh, tough uh, traveling life, you know, is a tennis, yes, it's sport, high level. You have opportunity for some, for little percentage of people that start to, to make your living with that and, and for even less percentage to make money for the future. Because at some point, uh, you know, the second transition Nigo was mentioning from, uh, from pro tennis, Assuming that you could be able to make a, a pro career, you have to trans make the transition to the to the real world. So all those things are never enough uh, important to to underline. And um, also, yes, I I am in the coach committee of ATP. I was elected at the same time. I really really the privilege to serve the ATP also with Nico, as he mentioned, and, and Colin Daswell. He's another great player. Is our um, represented in the council as alumni, former players of the ATP, and we work uh, really close. You know, we, we are united uh, like one person in this committee, and, and this is uh, makes a, a lot of meaning for my life. You know, my, my life is ATP is the institution of my life, and uh, anything is linked to the GPTCA. I'm very happy that uh, it's been understood that, that is the direct uh, um, branch of, of ATP for the coach education. 
and also now uh, with us here is is the you know we like to be the ambassador of, of of tennis from the last maybe 40 years 30 years i started when i was very little so what's the the life uh, in uh, tennis tour uh, and traveling and i think that's uh, not only for in the back end, it's not only to be able to, to play well, but to stay out of comfort zone. You know, that's what to make you grow. Uh, now the average of top 100 is uh, maybe around 30 years old or more, like also Nico mentioned, <laughs> but Nico made very big, perfect picture of all, all, all the aspects of, of modern tennis. You can tell he's a professional in the media and is, is perfectly uh, able to make uh, uh, synthesize all, all his needs. I am, I am now I am now at the, at Miami Open. So if you hear some voices because they're calling the match, and so you forgive me for this, but you know also shows what is the tour, you know it's life. It's a life. It's a life. It's a life. The ambassador they're calling the match, you know. So that's that's what is your life. The schedule of tournament to be able to be out of comfort zone. So you sleep in different beds. Sometimes I wake up in the night. I didn't remember where I was. Take some minutes to realize. In which hotel, which continent I am, you know, I was living in Japan, in, in Argentina, in Germany, in the United States, in Canada, all over the world and in Australia. So it's, uh, you have to be ready. There is no other way to do that as a, as a player and as a coach. If you don't love this with all your heart, this, this challenge of being a tennis player and the pride to be a tennis player under you know the associations that we love like first of all the ATP as men's tennis I, I can speak also for WTA because I was coaching and up with WTA a lot uh, as well uh, so this is a tour that has a human meaning so you have to be happy and, and we give you so much uh, humanly speaking the humanity is what is missing in this world we can tell in this in nowadays the humanity is, is the foundation of tennis then you have the business, you have the, of course, the, the job for people, you have, but the, the, without the humanity, without understanding each other, without to be in the same boat and supporting through this fantastic sport, uh, we don't go anywhere. We, have, we survive because of humanity, of this, this friendship with this uh, mutual respect and mutual uh, support uh, within the people from different culture is the most universal sport in the world. It's also true that tennis takes away a lot from you. If you travel like we did for 25, 30, 35 years, you have less time for other things. Are you happy to, to you, know, you justify this in the name of what you get? You know, you get so much people to know. You get so much uh, human relation. You get so much experience. You so much culture by traveling many cities. Probably you learn a lot of languages. Uh, because you know it's not, not difficult when you travel so much you know you're forced to, to learn languages so the communication you become an expert on communication and you can put people together that's what the last thing i want to say the beauty of this tennis tour is that you put people together united in brotherhood and sisterhood all over the world and it's not a coincidence that that's exactly what we are missing we have to be together in the same world the human race is one and we need to survive. And tennis is a fantastic tool to, to give our contribution for what we can in this direction. Absolutely. One, one of the proof of that, that we have three different person. We have Leon Smith coming with a pre-recorded presentation because he is in the, on the tournament as well. He is coming from Australia. You are coming from Italy. Nico is coming from Venezuela. Tennis is a worldwide sport. And uh, our 
coincidence. So everyone, we love our sport. That's the meaning. And I yeah. think that that's the energy which fuels our engine, no? Yes, also I want to add that uh, the same way I grew up literally is a bit younger than me, but we had the same tournaments and we played against each other with Nico. So through the game, I met uh, uh, Liam Smith, who is another great friend, is, is a coach brother for me. Uh, and we are together in the coach committee and I'm alumni committee together. We need to the coach committee with Liam. So this shows you how lucky I am with these fantastic people, tennis lovers and tennis experts. Uh, at the top level, and, and that's that's how again confirm what I said before. Tennis gives you the chance to have a human relation at really fantastic wave that to make your life much more rich. Yeah, and if I may, Claudio, what, what we try to do through through this coach coaching committee that Claudio is talking about and the alumni which I'm a part with, is try to link exactly what you're trying to do here in the conference and and let everybody know that. As Claudio mentioned, we are a brotherhood. And if you're a coach in Kenya or if you're a coach in, in, in Argentina or, or wherever you may be, to make it more accessible to reach out to a Claudio because Claudio coached a player that you know, has similarities to somebody that you're working with. Or, or, or if you are a player yourself, we want to, we want to let everybody feel that we are one community. And I think that is something that, that uh, through your initiative, Fernando, it's, it's something that uh, people are, are going to understand a lot better. Thank you, Nico. But we have to reproduce what happened in the tournaments. You travel around you, like a player, like a coach. What happened in a, tor- in a tournament? You, you went to the restaurant, you sit down with other coaches, you discuss different things, you share information. The meaning of the purpose of the conference is Let's create a worldwide community based on the knowledge to share, you know, the, the times that you, uh, some coaches, they think that they have the, you know, the energy formula 30 years ago and not sharing information with anyone, it's over. I think uh, that's the key. The key is share, love, belong to the same sport, in this case, to the same world. No? Well, when you're in a tournament, you have to be careful who you share information with, or your player might might get a little mad. But <laughs> the, the, but but the point is, if you're if you're a coach from another continent that doesn't know much about the competition, say in Latin America, feel free to reach out. Hey, how does it work? How is hospitality work? Do you know anybody in cer- in a certain place? It will make it a little bit more comfortable for the coach, the team, the player to go to to that city or to go to those countries. Nowadays, it's a little easier. With, with, all the, with all the technology. But back then, when, when Claudio and I were, were starting, you landed in, in Hungary. Yes, and not, not many people spoke English at the time in Hungary. And, and um, you just had to rely on local contacts. And that is something that it's, that it's uh, readily available in our world being such a global sport. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's hear Leah and Smith. I have a question for you. Let's prepare... What your insight, your reflection about Arch Barty and the change, you know, to change life, which is important that people can understand what means to be in the circuit and the level of that kind of decision. This is, let's hear first, Leon Smith, and then we go go back. And for the people who are on the, on the live panel, remember, you have the opportunity to ask Nico, to ask Claudio, they are in the tournament, they are producing tennis everywhere. Be prepared. We have uh, some minutes of Leon, and then we can ask Claudio and Nico more about it. Hi, Fernando. 
thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's an honor. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, actually, Liam is uh, working like a, a coach with Coco Golf, which is the WTA ranking number seventeen. Is one of the uh, new stars, which is not new, you know, because it's a really star right now uh, of our uh, women tennis circuit. And also, Liam is a top leader and coach developing tennis. Uh, like I say, thank you, Liam. Um, and one of the key aspects of these panels is to talk about uh, the ATP and the WTA circuit, how to how is to live on the circuit because. Many, many people talk about to be on the circuit, but it's not easy to understand what means to live in the circuit. The, fir the first question, which is coming from different coaches, which are the difference between the development tour, which is challengers of, uh, uh, let's say, small tournament under 100,000 in, in WTA, and also in challengers in the, in the men's size, and the top tour which means the Grand Slams, the big circuit, which are the different in terms of how the player are developing themselves? Yeah, I mean, it's um, there is some differences and then there is, in some areas, there's not differences. I mean, I think that the ATP, for example, have done a very good job with Challenger Tour to, to make it, uh, to make the venues and the organization just better and better all the time. Challenger Tour, I think you see uh, some younger players coming up. So it's kind of always exciting because you, you start to see those younger players as they're making their sort of process through. And then sometimes you find also a lot of players that are often going in and out of the top 100, or even in some cases in and out of the top 70, um, and sort of going back into the challenges to get matches or to build confidence. And then um, in many cases, sometimes just to make, a, make enough points to qualify for the upcoming Grand Slam or to move their ranking up. So it's, um, I always find the challenges is, is a real battleground. It's um, a lot of good quality matches, a lot of very tough matches. And um, I think people, people don't realize actually how good the level is at the Challenger Tour. It's, it's, you know, we see often players that are winning challenges are also qualifying and winning rounds and grand slams or so on and so forth. I think the, the main ATP Tour, uh, you have the difference obviously in there's a lot more media attention. Players have a lot more commitments with, with sponsor commitments and media commitments and different things. So um, that's that's a big difference. Obviously, the tour, you don't do as much of that. Um, and even in terms of coaching on the different types of uh, events, obviously, the Challenger Tour is pretty much all about the tennis. And sometimes the bigger tournaments, you've got the situation where uh, players have certain agreements with the tournament themselves, which comes with commitments, certain media commitments, sponsor commitments, different events, different things that they have to do also as part of the tennis. So it's uh, it's more of, um, you, you certainly get the feeling that the, the bigger tournaments, the Grand Slams, the ATP 1000s, that, that there's a, obviously the business side of the sport is is very much a part of, of the tournament as well as the actual tennis and the competing part. And obviously when you see the, the top players, you also, a big thing you notice is the, the teams are larger. The players have a little bit more of a entourage or a few more uh, team members to help them. So they're able to do things and operate at an even higher level uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Whereas the challenges where you tend to see a lot of players with maybe just their coach or in some cases just alone or just sharing, you know, two or three players sharing one coach a lot more often. 
So those would be the sort of first things that come to my mind in terms of some of the differences. And you are right now coaching Kopolov, which is a very good player. And also you did uh, the last years, you you worked with uh, Guy Monfils, uh, reaching the top 10, you know. How was uh, the difference that you are watching in terms of the men's circuit and the women's circuit right now? Yeah, I've been very fortunate to, to have some some wonderful uh, players and, and uh, people and and great athletes to, to work with, which is which has been fantastic. Um, I think obviously the biggest thing, the biggest difference that first of all stands out, the Grand Slams is obviously the best five best best three set being a net difference in terms of the hours you spend on the training, practice, physical preparation. Um, even some of the nutritional aspects are slightly different because obviously when you're looking at best of five sets, you, you can be on the court five, six hours. And it's not always the case, but the typical match is going to run sort of two to four hour window. So, so there's a definite difference in the preparation part there. I think there's also some differences in the way that the, the, the males compete and the way they play the game. And, and I'm learning a lot about that as well. And it's very interesting. But, you know, one thing I can say is the, the quality of tennis on the WTA Tour is, is, is getting better and better all the time. And it's very exciting to, to watch. And some of these young players coming up, they're, they're striking the ball really incredibly well. They're moving well. And they're, they're very well put together tactically. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's an exciting time. Yeah, it, it looks like on the women's side, they're following the pathway to create more complete players, no? changing different levels of the ball. Different, different rhythm. It's like uh, we are opening a new generation, which is not only hitting the ball. It's like mixing up different kind of balls. No? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at someone like Ash Barty, how she uses the slice, how she uses different angles. Look at some of the other players, how they're doing such a good job in terms of the variety with their serving. And yeah, I feel like there's a there's a lot of improvements and it's, 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 uh, it's fun. It's, it's fun to see and, uh, and be a part of. You know, the, the circuit in terms of what happened with many people, they have, it's, uh, they have some glamour, you know, in terms of what means to be the circuit. But mostly all the people, they, they don't know about how tough it is to be in the circuit. You know, traveling all the time, going to hotel, gym, practice. It's not... No, you don't have too much time to visit some places. No, it's like people that don't know how tough it is to be a tennis player. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of air travel, a lot of air miles, a lot of lines in the airport. But uh, yeah, I think it's also how you manage yourself when you're when you're coaching on the tour because obviously there's a lot of uh, there's quite a lot of stress and pressure. Um, every match that you play. Um, no matter what your ranking is as a player or as a coach, what, what ranking of player you're playing, every match is tough. And almost anybody can beat anybody on any given day. So you've got to be well prepared. You've got to do your homework in terms of scouting opponents. And, you know, we look at stats, we look at data, we go watch the matches. And um, you've got to really be well prepared. And I think how you manage yourself, how you help manage your players let's say media and sponsor commitment schedule and their practice and their training. Um, it, it's, it's full on, you know, and uh, you're sort of living out of a suitcase often many weeks back to back in a row. So just sort of managing yourself mentally, emotionally, your own energy levels, 
trying to get time to work out or take a, a little bit of time each day for yourself to to keep your keep yourself as balanced as possible is, is important and i think uh, it's the same for the players and uh, and a lot of people don't realize that it's um yeah it's a full day it's not just you know hit for one hour and go sightseeing or shopping it doesn't doesn't really work like that it's uh a full day and uh you know often late nights or even i've even put some all-nighters in the past looking at video or film of opponents and different things to be fully prepared for for upcoming matches and things like that so yeah it's certainly not it's certainly not the glamorous lifestyle that sometimes is portrayed and if you're coaching a top player it's uh it's a lot of work behind the scenes that goes on we, we recorded five days ago before to know what happened with Ash Barty, you know, well, that's coming for the next question to you both, you know, what insights, reflections, uh, good reflections about back to normal life, the decision that the, she took, you know, a couple of days ago, Nico, let's, let's, uh, let's bring your analytics and commentator abilities. I love Ash Barty. I love everything she stands for. I love when she stopped uh, playing for a year, succeeded in cricket and came back and achieved her, her goals because it was not happening for her in singles. It did happen for her in doubles. And uh, this last couple of years has been very trying, especially for, for players from Australia and from faraway places to Europe, which is where the main, you know, where the, the meat of the tour is. It's been very frustrating for them. So I can see her doing it. it was, I, I was surprised at 25. Very sad. It's bad for tennis to, to see her go, but I completely understand her. I mean, she is a champ. She's a world-class human being, first and foremost. And that's uh, what's important to me. It was when I started playing tennis, when I dreamt about playing on tour when I was six, seven years old. And it is true to this day that I'm, that I'm 51. So I'm very happy for her. I will not uh, beyond her to, to come back and play. Uh, because that's how much how much she loves the sport and how much she loves tennis and and she can do it. But I'm happy for her. I'm happy, she, you know, the way she said goodbye, winning Wimbledon as she mentioned, and then winning in Australia, which which came as a bonus for her, and 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 the way she she's been carrying on as a human being. Um, I cannot do anything but wish her the best. It's a loss for tennis, but uh, it's a win for Ash Party, and 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 you have to take care of number one, and that's exactly what she's doing. And and then just just to add it uh, all up and summarize it, the grind of the tour, even for a number one player in the world, means that much. And if she says that she cannot give it anymore emotionally, imagine what it is to be between 400 and 600 and being traveling without many means. Uh, it, it is even it is even more. So that will put it into perspective. And I think this decision by that, by Ash, it's going to shake the foundations of the tour and it's going to put in put it into perspective for a lot of players and a lot of coaches about what's important. Claudio, your insights? Yeah. Yes, no, it's a couple of things. First of all, the, the meaning of the word success. You know, I think uh, uh, Ashley Barty is a genius for me because uh, she was able to leave, come back, go for another sport, <laughs> be successful in cricket, a sport that we don't know much. I mean, I, I don't know much, but it's very popular in Australia. Then come back and winning everything, make, uh, you know, definitely the best player of the last couple of years. And uh, for her, that's what I learned from this, that uh, sh the, the word success is to be happy, to, to have, uh, like uh, Nico said, have the, 
most important things in perspective in their life, what makes the happiness as a goal, the money, the popularity, the successful in the, in the general perception of this world uh, is not for her. And uh, this is very powerful uh, teaching education message to the young, you know, that you love tennis and uh, you love the life, you love yourself and, and you do it because you like, and, but if, without, you can still survive and be a good person. So she remarked the difference to be a great athlete, fantastic superstar athlete, but nothing changed that she's a great person. And she would be a great person even without tennis or cricket. So this is huge teaching. Uh, I, I can tell you, I was talking about this with my brother-in-law, Carlos Kirmair, that uh, I think Nico knows very well. Another brother. And another, his brother-in-law for real, because his, his yeah. wife is the sister of my wife. But again, it's the brotherhood like, like Nico, like all uh, I said before, the players of that, that era. And he was telling me that he was coaching Gabriela Sabatini, which is Argentina, you know very well. Mm -hmm. And she also stopped at 25 or 26 years old. And she is a happy person and she's doing great. And she, she was not number one, she was number two, but without any doubt, she was a superstar of tennis. And also I want to add, uh, uh, pathetically, uh, Flavia Benetta. I mean, how strong are these women that she just won the US Open and she tell the world that she stopped them playing tennis with this. It was the last match winning the final of US Open. And she was number four, but again, she was a, she was a slam winner and, and a great star. And she never, she never came back. She had also the strength to never come back and totally agree with, with Nico that uh, she keep this, this uh, decision as an example for the importance of to be a good person uh, in the parallel way to be a great athlete. And you can be without, even if you're number one. And I don't know how many millions of dollars she, she give up, but she cannot care less because she, happiness is more important than money. The money is, just, is a tool. It's not the, like, unfortunately, many Player, but many parents think is, is the goal. It's not the goal. The money is the tool. The goal is to be happy, to have a challenge with yourself, to achieve something that you can improve you as a person. And now, no better example exists, uh, I think, in, especially in the last few years, what uh, Ashley Barty just did. Like, like you say, it's a very good lesson for tennis. I think tennis will win. Even we are losing a number one, we are winning a lot of lessons in terms how to respect a human being, like you say. Let, let me, there's a first question coming from Hungary. Mr. Mare Siga is asking to you both, uh, what are some specific factors on the daily basis that differentiate good and great coaches one another? You okay. take the first one this time, Claudio. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so first of all, I, these two groups of good or great, uh, I don't agree with these two groups of coaches. I think if you call yourself a coach, your only option you have is to be great or aiming to be great. You know, you cannot be good. You can be great. You cannot be bad or good. You have to be great. There's no other option. This is a elite. It's, a, it's already the decision to be a coach. It has to be great. You give you dedicate your life to that. You you keep improving to be a great coach in empathy and the human part. And uh, of course, you have to know the tactic uh, helps if you've been. A player before but it's not it's not the condition that you cannot be without so study a lot and and the the only the only possible way to be is is, is a greatness and so or you are a great coach or you are, or you are not a coach this is the two group i i see this this profession for the respect i have for that and for the to put the bar at the top every time of the level to to try to get better in every detail every single day with every player you have uh, 
all, all the communication with all the categories you have to talk, parents, uh, uh, men, agents, uh, media, etc. So you just have the option to be great if you want to call yourself a coach. If you're not great, you're not a coach. That's my answer. Uh, just to give another perspective, to me, tennis is an individual sport. You cannot coach two players the same way. And I think that that's, uh, that's the prim primary thing you have to look at. And also at a young stage, if you're, if you're asking about junior tennis or, 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 or even under 12 tennis, you cannot be a jealous coach because you cannot teach a player everything. And at that stage of their career, players are sponges. So you can send them to other coaches to teach them how to volley better or serve better or move better because you think there's, you know, they can specialize on, on those things. So, so that is, that is my take, you know, be, be, uh, be gracious with the player that you have. Maybe they need more input than you can give. Don't be jealous with them. Just, you know, be, be grateful that you've had them for a time and you can teach them uh, whatever you want to teach them. Now, if you're going uh, in, in, in a top junior or a professional level, it is completely different. You, you, nowadays, you have to cater to the professional player because he's, he's the boss. He's paying the bills, but you have to tell him what to do. Then you have to establish the rules from, from the, from the get-go. You know, listen, I, I'm going to be the boss at this times. And, and, and we are going to agree in some, in some guidelines and, and, and make sure that you have boundaries with those players. I think that is, that is very important. It's coming next question, but I have to say something for all the audience that we have right now. Be prepared for make question. I give you more time. Uh, remember that you can watch all the conference for 35 days. You have until May 1st to watch Claudio and Nico and others 69 speakers as many times you want because the purpose of our conference, the purpose of the GPTCA, the ATP and our institute, it's keep learning, keep growing, keep trying to do better tennis. You can use all the information to the top coaches to put it in a day-by-day -day process in your program. This is very important. You have to understand our purpose. That's why I'm, we are doing what we are doing. Okay, it's coming next question, both of you. How to manage the relationship with the player when the player and the top professionals aren't paying to you? It's coming from Colombia. And this is a, a tough one. So tell me again. So how do you manage how to manage the relationship with the player when the player is paying to you your professional service? How to he, deal he with it? He is paying. He is paying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I all my life I, I was paid from. I've never paid from federations or sponsor. I always take this uh, moment of having a contract, have a deal, agreement, whatever you want to call it, with the coach as a start and as a foundation of our relation. So we are in the same boat. You know, it's very important how to build this uh, financial uh, relation. So I think that uh, uh, even for the coach, it's very important to relate to winning uh, the payment. You take a risk, yes, but your life is much better because this means that you believe in the player. I would never start a job if I don't believe that this player is good. I will never do only for the money. Never do that because it's miserable life, whatever money you get. So you want to be a part, of course, to pay your bills that uh, fix. And you have, a, if you have a part that is uh, the more he wins, he makes money, the more you make money. I think that's the way I always look at it. And, uh, and then it's true that uh, so I totally agree with Nigo when he says that uh, it's, it's, it's very ambiguous 
relations because you are the one who have to guide, you have to one to tell things that maybe doesn't like to listen, but he's the one who pays you. So many coaches uh, they have to be very careful, especially young coaches, because if they know that they have to pay the mortgage, they have to pay the mortgage of the car, they have to pay the school for their kids, and they know that this player is behaving bad, is not going the right way, is doing mistakes, is distracted, and you got to tell him or tell her. And uh, if they get themselves and say, oh, no, better I don't tell because otherwise I can lose the job. How am I going to pay my mortgage? Then uh, you lost. Then you're not a coach anymore. You are all the respect with people who works, you know, in the concierge of the hotel, which is totally 100% respectful job. But you are a concierge. You're not a coach anymore. You know, so you need to be ready to lose the player in the name of uh, to just uh, share transparency what you believe. And if Fuse is going to fire you, you have to be trusted. The self-confidence counts also for the coaches, you know. So you're going to make another play. You're going to coach another player. Try to finish in a good way, good matters. And shake the hand and wish good luck. Talk well about uh, your player, even some things you are disappointed or, or even offended sometimes. But you always talk well about your players. Uh, but you go on for your run. If, if, you go, if you don't find another player that trusts you, then you, you go to open a tennis academy or a tennis club, you know, you do something else. But never give up on the moral. Uh, 99% is not enough, you know. You have to be 100% uh, strict with yourself, with your believing. And, and in the long run, this gives you a lot of good reputation and you will never be without a player because the player knows that they can count on you. And, and even if you start to be, you know, pet, you know petting the, the player, try to tell him or her what he or she likes to hear, the player is not stupid, you know. At some point, he realized that in the fire anyway. So you want to be very strict. Happened to me. I was uh, the player terminated our relation, but I said, okay. You, inside you, you think, okay, it's not me losing you. You are losing me. You know, if you are confident coach, and then you go on with other players. You know, it's always a new story, new adventure. You have to tailor made your job with each one. You have to know the family behind because the fruit comes from the tree. Uh, many things, but uh, that's that's my answer to to the question. Nico. Oh, it's just a luxury to hear Claudio because he's, he's one of the guys that has the most experience uh, on this matter and, and, and the most success. And uh, I'm not going to waste uh, any valuable time on echoing what he just said, and, and, and I agree with him. Um, but if you're true to yourself and true to your player, you will never be without a job if you're, if you're good enough. So bottom line, establish your boundaries from the get-go. And just think as yourself as a doubles team. If your partner misses, it's your miss. It's the same as with a coach and player relationship. And then there are certain players that have different needs than others. And, and as long as you're clear on that, there will not be any disagreements. Absolutely. Last questions, because we know that we can talk by hours, you know, but anyway, you know, there is a lot of to do, you know, not only in the conference, also you are doing a lot of things for tennis. Let me, let me ask you, because... Claudio is presenting a very good presentation about communication on the conference. Nico is presenting, I'm talking to all of you, it's about what it takes to go from pro, from, from junior to pro, which kind of consideration to take care, like a coach and also like a tennis environment. Very good presentation. But let me ask you to reinforce, because you are so good also, Nico, in terms of communication. How... How much is important to have, like a coach, the ability, the resources to keep communicating with the, with the players and also with the teams in the right way? Only short because, Claudio, 
people have to watch your presentation, no? I start. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you go now, you go now, Nico. Oh, go, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think everybody has different, um, different levels of communication skills. Some people have an, an ease to do it. Others are a little bit shyer. Let me give you the example of Naomi Osaka. She just feels very uncomfortable in front of the press. She's, she's a great person, unbelievable ambassador for tennis. Um, I, I think she's just struggling in, in the communications part. So there is the communication with your team. Ash Barty is a typical example of, you know, how much clearer can a player be with, with their team. And then there is communication with the public. Uh, there is a lot of misunderstanding nowadays that players are vulnerable with this social media age. So you have to be really careful with what gets out. That, that, that would be my main, my main concern. It's, it's better to be quiet and let people assume than to say something at the wrong time under the, the wrong frame of mind. So, you know, really think what, what kind of a person you are, if you're a coach or if you're a player, and make sure you play to your strengths and nowadays there are tools to, to improve in, in, in those areas that you're not strong enough. So, so seek advice, ask people, you know, which, which way should you go about it? Surround yourself with, with a team that, that it's going to let you know when you should say something or when you shouldn't, or when you should address an, an issue or not. And uh, nowadays it's a lot easier than way back when. So, so uh, really inform yourself. That, that is my, my advice in this area. Love you. Yes, I'm incredibly passionate about this topic. That's why I choose as my topic. The, the title of my presentation is uh, I am uh, coaching that, 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 so I'm communicating. So coaching and communicating almost the same thing. And uh, I had to, I had the luck, uh, thanks to my father, to finish the Liceo Classico in Italy when I was, even I was very good junior, I had to finish, you should study Latin and, uh, and Greek and uh, most of the world in every language comes from these two uh, dead languages, but it shows you the meaning. So every coach has to be, a, I think, an expert of exactly the meaning a word this word is coming that this word that you select when you're coaching like the difference between um, fear and anxiety uh, there there are so many difference and and you know the the, the beginning of this world and like uh, the enthusiasm you know enthusiasm for example is enter and interest us there is a god inside you that that push you from inside and give you the enthusiasm for things and test us, and test us. From Greek, is a Greek word, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm in, Ital in Italian, enthusiasm in, in, in an incredible, important, powerful word. But there are many. You know, the, the difference between to lose and to fail. You know, many parents, they think that if the son lost, uh, he failed. But he didn't fail, he just lost. So the, to, to be to, able to break down and to know how to communicate by the prosemic, you know, the distance. You say one thing uh, from, uh, you know, three meter distance. You, do, you say the same thing from one meter distance, exactly the same thing, exactly with the same tone of voice. It changes completely. So every coach is never ending, uh, in my opinion, uh, obligated. He has, he has the obligation to be an expert of communication in every possible little, little details, observing, to be able to listen, not only to talk, he has to know the arts. My from Latin means to put the thing, take the things out, you know, the, 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 um, the potential out of the player, not only put the things in. And but as I as you said, if you want to listen to my to my presentation, you will have plenty of this example and, and uh, try to send a strong, powerful message 
about the importance of communication and coaching, which again, for me, it means the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, you have 35 days to watch Claudio, Nico, Liam. Thank you, Nico, Claudio, Liam, for all to be part of the World Tennis Conference second edition by GPTCA, SI, and ATP. But more than that, for all the things that you are making like a contribution for tennis, because we need to keep growing like a sport. Thank you very much. And uh, I encourage people, remember, 35 days to watch as many times you want. You stop, take notes, start again, be back, do take advantage of this great opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Fernando.